0: Hey, real quick, before we start the podcast, if you're a return listener, can you do me a favor and rate and review this podcast? I'm not really big on asking for these types of things, but I am wanting the podcast to continue to grow and reach more people, and I think it takes less than a minute. So if you guys could do that, that would mean the world to me. Okay, podcast time. Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Hi and thank you so much again for joining me everybody. I am looking forward to today because I want to share with you something that's come up over and over again and I hope to be able to share some information that I that I, I want to really help, especially the women who are struggling in these kinds of situations where there's been betrayal and hurt and pain. And so I, I've heard this multiple times but this just kind of recently popped up again and I wanted to speak to this idea that So often women are doing the very best that they can. And when they find out that their husband is struggling with an addiction, it's of course for many women, it totally blindsides them, but then it brings up not only just that layer of betrayal of having his attention go somewhere else, but also another level of pain is that when women are doing their very best, but then they feel like it's not good enough. So for instance, I've worked with many people, many women, couples where the wife will say, when I found out that he was struggling with this, it it broke my heart because I did everything I possibly could for him. I was kind, I was loving, I was compassionate. I tried to reassure him, we were intimate. I did, there was nothing that I didn't do. And now that I find out that he's been struggling with this addiction and turning his attention elsewhere, it's just absolutely devastating. And so then they start to question, what if my efforts aren't good enough? Which is a very scary place to be, because if a wife thinks my efforts aren't enough, and he, despite all of what I did, he still turned away from me, then I have no hope that things can ever be better, because I can't do anything better than what I've done. I've heard that it's like, it's a variation of that idea. If I was enough, why did he turn away? If I was enough, why did he... Look at other women. Why does he think about other women? Why is he texting other women? It's the whole. It's it's this. It's the question that I wanted to spend some time with today, to start to reframe that a little bit and help women understand that it truly doesn't have anything to do with what she does or doesn't do. And so I want to share with you a story with uh, it, that builds off of the same question, where a client said, all of those things. I, you know, no matter what I've done, it wasn't enough. He still turned away. Therefore, I'm afraid, I have no hope, we'll never get through this because this is where we ended up despite what I've done. The thing that I shared with her is what I want to share with you today, which is when somebody struggles with an addiction, it does not have anything to do with what his wife does or doesn't do. It doesn't matter if she's more sexual. It doesn't matter if she dresses a certain way. It doesn't matter if she is a certain way or interacts with him differently or does more things for him or any of the things that women often wonder, well, if I did this differently, if I was, you know, this, or if I became that, if I was more like the people he was watching, it's, it's a crazy making thought pattern to think that you have to be different in order for him to not slip and when I say crazy making, I'm not saying that you're crazy for thinking that. I'm meaning it drives somebody insane, like literally like breakdowns when they are in that line of thought and logic and reasoning because there is no escape to that. It's completely understandable that women will think that. And it's very common for women to be looping in that place. And like I said, it's crazy making, it will cause breakdowns, it will cause emotional, mental torment, which is why I wanted to target this today specifically because there's a different way to look at this. So like I said, it's so important, and this is the way, so this is the other way that I wanna propose, the alternative way of looking at this, because if you say, well, if I was enough then he wouldn't have done this, there's, there's it's almost impossible to get out of that loop, unless we start to think of it in a different way through understanding what is really going on. And I think when people are in these early stages of healing, the idea is, is he's struggling with this. So often men and women both misunderstand addiction in general. So one of the first things I always recommend to people is get educated. You have to better understand what's driving this, what's at the core of this, why this is happening. Because if you don't, you're likely going to think that the wife will likely think that it's her. Most women that I work with start off thinking it must be me. It must be some deficiency or some inadequacy that resulted in him turning away. So on the most fundamental level, it's critical to understand that addiction isn't a sexual addiction or pornography addiction has nothing to do with sex. And I've touched on this in multiple episodes, so I I won't go too far into this, but just so that this episode is complete, it has nothing to do with sex. A sexual addiction, a pornography addiction, when somebody turns to some behavior or substance, it's a means or a method to cope with what's happening inside of them. If the husband is struggling with his own self-esteem issues, and he's feeling inadequate and unworthy, and he's feeling this fear of not being enough or rejection or not being accepted or some other thing that he's struggling with, loneliness, uh, sadness, overwhelm, when he's struggling with these deeper level things, that's when he turns to addiction. And for a lot of people, it isn't so like causal or linear where it's like, okay, I had a stressful day at work, then I'm going to go act out. I got into a fight with my wife, then I'm going to go act out. You know, I made a mistake at work, then I'm going to do this thing. So it isn't necessarily, sometimes it is pretty, there's a link. There's a clear link. And other times, it's just things pile up. So the husband feels like he's letting his wife down. That hurts. Then he has a bad day at work, and his boss comes down on him. That hurts. He feels small. He's not doing a very good job when his wife is hurting and wants to have conversations and then he gets flooded and feels shame and like, well, I'm the one who caused this. I'm a terrible person that hurts. All of these things stack up and reach a tipping point. And without the skills and the tools and the ability to handle that differently, we revert, we as people revert back to coping mechanisms that have helped us get out of pain in the past and for most people, addiction begins long before they ever meet their wife. It begins usually when they're much, much younger so that they've had a history of coping in this way so that when life gets hard, their brain has already wired that in that when things are tough, you can do this thing, take this substance, do this activity or behavior that gets you out of the pain. So, they're, so they just kind of get in this autopilot state So linking with this, with the topic of what we're talking about today, if a wife doesn't understand that, or if it's, and again, I know this is easier said than done, right? It's easier to hear this for a wife to like, it's easier to hear this, of course, than to really internalize it and believe it because this is such a personal thing. If somebody struggles with pornography, it's such a personal thing in a relationship that speaks to, again, one of our greatest, you know, for most, for many people, uh, one of the most area, one of the areas that we feel most insecure, or that we can feel most insecure. And so, when this happens, I know this is easier to hear than actually to internalize, but it's so important to hear that when a wife can really understand this is, it's not about me, it truly is about him and his lack of skill set and ability and muscle memory to deal with his pain in a different way, then it starts to become less personal, which is good. That's exactly what we want. We don't want this to be personal for her, meaning it's about her in the way that if she isn't doing enough, then he's gonna slip. So how I like to frame this and how I like to think about this is, if a wife says, I've done everything. So if I was enough, then he would have changed. If I was enough and he saw my pain, and if he cared about me enough, then he wouldn't be doing this and going back to this. I've worked with people in the past where the wife says said just that, like if I was enough, you wouldn't be doing this. You knew how much this mattered to me. You knew that I wasn't okay with this the first time we had this conversation and you agreed. You knew the first time that I caught you that this devastated me, so why did you go back to this? And and this is, I think, the there's two threads that I wanna flesh out today. Number one, when a wife says those things, The husband, many husbands that I work with, in the moment that they're caught, in the moment that the wife expresses how important this is for her, that he does not engage in this anymore, he agrees and he says, I'm not gonna do this and makes the decision to say, I'm done. And he tells her that and then says, I'm committed. I'm gonna do this differently. I promise I'm not gonna go back. And for so many husbands, they mean what they say when they say it. They genuinely make that decision and say, I'm not gonna go back. I can see this is hurting you. I can see this doesn't work, and that's already after multiple failed attempts of the past, where they make that decision in and of themselves, without her needing to bring it up. Again, oftentimes before they get even, before they even get married, they recognize this is an issue. I don't want to struggle with this anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this away for good. But then they go back to it, and so they've already made those attempts. And so when the wife finds out that this is what's happening, she says, "This can't go on." And he says, "I agree. I'm gonna stop." So often they mean it when they say it. The problem is that without the scaffolding or without the frameworks and the tools and the understanding and the, the, the know-how, that the decision to say, I'm not going to turn back to this is a nice idea, but it is so difficult and for some people almost impossible to follow through on that because they're not addressing the reason why it's happening. That's such a critical piece to understand. It is not the decision. Again, this is where the wife so often can say, like, we already had a conversation about this. He knew how much this hurt me, yet he went back. He told me he wouldn't, and he did. Therefore, the meaning that they make is, I must not be important to him. I must not matter to him. When the reality is, Again, so often they they mean the decision, they mean it when they say, I'm not going to go back, but unless they are addressing why it's happening, it's going to resurface because it's a problem. It's something that's, it's an unresolved issue. It's almost like, one, I guess, analogy that I might think about this is if you have a garden hose, right, you turn the faucet on on the, you know, the back of the house, you turn the faucet on, the water comes through if the husband says, okay, you know what? I'm not going to let this water come out anymore. And he puts a kink in the hose. If he's not shutting the water off, then it doesn't matter if he makes that decision and says, okay, I'm going to put a kink in the hose. It's not sustainable. He can't stand out there literally 24 seven and make sure the water doesn't escape. And that's what happens when somebody just makes the decision and says, I'm not going to do this anymore. Unless you turn the water off, or in our analogy, unless you address these underlying self-worth issues, unless you address the triggers, unless you address his ability to deal with his pain differently, unless you address him being able to connect in a more vulnerable way with other people, including his wife. If those things aren't happening, it's, it's just not sustainable. He's not going to be able to align with that decision. He might find some progress, He might be able to do it for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years. But unless those things are dealt with, it's going to resurface despite his desire that they don't. And so that's thread number one is we have to address the deeper part of this, these underlying issues, because it really has nothing to do with her. She can't do it for him. He's got to turn the water off on the hose, or in other words, deal with these underlying things so that then he can actually sustain, and continue to stay close to that decision of, I'm not going to do this anymore. He's got the ability now. It's it, Everything changes when he addresses things on that level. Now, the other thread goes back to this last piece that I wanted to touch on, which is when she says, my best efforts aren't good enough, and he still went back. It's so important. The way that I look at this, this gives you an alternative way to understand this, which is, if he fi- if if as we're talking about this it's very easy i think for a wife to think well i was trying to connect with him i was supportive of him when he had a hard day i was the person that he could turn to i was his sounding board i did everything and yet he still slipped so how does that make sense if the antidote in large measure is connection and i was trying to connect with him but he wasn't really sharing with me or i was present and i was there And maybe when he did share, we had a good moment. So how does it make sense that I did those things and he went back? So the way that I understand this, the way that I see this is, imagine having like a a gallon jug that has a cap on it. It's empty and it has a cap on it. And you try to put that under the faucet and refill it, but the cap is on it. So all the water is obviously not getting into the jug. This is exactly what happens when people are struggling with addiction. It isn't the lack of water. It isn't the lack of effort from the wife. It isn't that she's not trying because again, so often she is doing her very best and her efforts are enough. It's that there's a cap on the bottle. So her efforts are not translating inside of him or rather he's not able to receive those efforts. Because there's two separate parts of the process. It's the giving, but equally important is the receiving. And that's the thing that the wife cannot do for him. She can't make him receive the things that she's doing. She cannot make him receive the connection. If there are these if there's a cap on the bottle, it doesn't matter, she could be literally perfect, like textbook, fairy fairy tale, story, movie, picture perfect, it still would not make him not go back to the addiction. Again, this is why the wife thinks, well, it wasn't enough. Well, that's why I wanna kind of reframe this whole thing anyways, because it isn't about being enough or not enough. It's number one, addressing the reason why it's happening. And number two, which really does uh, overlap with the first one, if the lid is on the bottle, it doesn't matter how much you pour into it. And so what's the lid? The lid for so many people is their own negative beliefs about themselves. So if a husband thinks to himself, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm flawed, I don't deserve. If she only knew she would leave, if she knew the kind of person that I was, she wouldn't want to be with me. These negative beliefs that men have who are struggling with this issue that is the cap on the bottle that makes it almost impossible for them to receive in a sustainable way, in a way that really resolves and soothes and heals. It makes it almost impossible for them to take in any of the good things that the wife is already doing. And so this is where I want to reframe it of. It's not that she's not enough. It's that If a cap is on the bottle, it doesn't matter. If it's a drop, it doesn't matter. If it's a 1,000 gallons, it's just not being received. And so the antidote for this is to work on whatever the cap is that is preventing the husband from being able to process and receive these things from her if he's going to group. Groups, I think, are a good place for people to get support. Uh, For for many people, the, the methodology doesn't, always resonate with them, but in terms of like getting support from other people, that's great, we need support. We we need people who are in our corner. So whether it's group or family or friends or whatever it is, if you're getting support from those sources, but are not able to really take it in, it's the same issue, the cap is on. And so being able to address that can then allow for progress to happen, which then makes it so the behavior stops and he's able to actually change because he's doing both of those things. He's resolving these core issues, which then by virtue of doing that, the cap is coming off so that he's able to internalize and receive all of the good things that are present in his life. That often is, again, the reason why the wife misinterprets this and says, well, you know, this must not be enough for him to change. I hope that I've explained this in a way that resonates and makes sense, that it isn't about the things that you're offering It's about the block that's preventing him from receiving, which is not, which is not her, like she doesn't have any control over that. So this is the alternative way of looking at it is it's not measuring whether the efforts are enough. It's addressing why this is happening in the first place and then removing the lid for him to be able to receive all of the good things that are there. So I hope that that's helpful. I truly do hope that this message resonates with especially the women and the men as well who are listening. I hope this resonates to give you some more direction as to how to see it differently, which very, very quickly changes how you feel. It can go from like a negative 10 in pain, right? 10 out of 10 and reduce it to like maybe a six. Because so often additional pain is inflicted when we see it as, I'm not enough. I've done everything and I'm still not enough. He doesn't care about me enough to change. When we're clear that it isn't that at all, it hurts less, which is what we want. And then it gives us clear direction as to how to actually make progress and change. So what I would recommend is as you're listening to this, I would help, I would I would encourage you to identify where is it that things are stuck? What are these underlying issues that have not been addressed? What is the cap on the lid? that's preventing from these all these good things from being received. And then making that the priority this week, coming up with a plan, what are you going to do to address it? What things do you need to know in order for those things to change? What tools do you need to have at your disposal? What support and direction that you need? Because then once you can craft a plan, everything can change as you're walking down that path. So again, I hope this is helpful. I know this is just such an overwhelming situation for so many people. So I wanted to offer this today in hopes that this can serve somebody. And as you're taking those steps, again, things can absolutely change. I had a call today with a a couple and and the husband said, I never, ever thought we had just finished our process, our our, uh, work together. He said, I literally never thought that we would be able to grow to the degree that we have. I always thought there was going to be a cap on how much trust I would get. On how much trust I'd be able to rebuild, rebuild, but he says now there's no like there's no ceiling to this. And the wife says I'm so excited, and I can't wait to see where our relationship goes. And so all of that is just a result of getting the, the the tools and the direction and the path in front of you and walking down it, so that the success that you can feel on the other side is like it's like it's such a cool thing to see. And so again, I hope this is helpful, and uh, I wish you guys the best over this next week or two, and we'll check in next episode, and we'll go from there. Take care. Wait, before you go, I'm offering free access for my podcast listeners to a course I created. So make sure you go to coupleshealing.org so you can get some tools to start the healing process individually and in your relationship. Or if you want even more support and you'd like to work with me directly, you can contact me with the info that's on that website as well. I'm excited for you to make progress on your journey.